Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into another edition to the Point Podcast. Hope you're all doing well. We are live here on a Wednesday, and we have lots to dive into. Seamus Fillmore will make a rare Wednesday appearance, but he will be on with me in due time. We'll talk about a number of things. We'll talk about his Maple Leafs. He's actually going to a Leafs game this coming Friday in the city of Toronto. So we'll get his thoughts on that, on the trade that happened over the weekend, on the game last night, all that fun stuff. also want to get into some NBA uh, news and notes with Seamus. And if we have time, we will talk baseball. If we don't get there, I will talk about it tomorrow because, you know, it is a smaller time in the schedule. But today, there's lots lots from the NHL world to, to dive into. And we could start today with Toronto. We're not going to because I have something more interesting, in my opinion, to start the show with. Because, I mean, we could start with the Ryan O'Reilly, Tavares line having a great night. You could say, I look stupid today. I'm wrong. Eh, not wrong. Not wrong yet, anyway. I will admit when I am wrong, but I am not wrong yet. We will wait and see. That is will come at a later date if I'm truly wrong about the John Tavares playing on the wing experiment, if you will. But let's start today with something I was pondering last night. I'm watching a number of different games. I'm watching, I'm watching the Detroit Red Wings play the Washington Capitals. I watched the first eight, nine minutes of the lease game until the game was about 4 nothing, and I said, okay, it's enough for me. And I'm watching L.A. Minnesota, which was a lot of fun. Good game, if you missed it. But as I'm watching these games, I'm taking notes, getting ready for the show today. I'm thinking about Patrick Kane. And I talked about Jonathan Tage yesterday, and I got into Chicago Blackhawks a little bit. And I thought back to the weekend, or it might have been Monday, where there was pundits pontificating about Patrick Kane ending up in Chicago. Where, yes, he would be incredibly fun playing with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and their defensive structure could somehow get worse. But then I said, that doesn't make sense. They have no cap room. That That's not going to work. Could he go to Boston? Well, same thing. Ten and a half million, you need a third team. If they're going to get Vladislav Gavrikov, I don't see Patrick Kane ending up there. So that doesn't work. And is Patrick Kane going to accept a trade to Edmonton? I wouldn't at this point. I'd ride out the rest of the year and go to Cancun in, in April before I go to Edmonton. Because guess what? They're not winning the Stanley Cup, and the city sucks. It's a piece of news for you right up front, Patrick. But then I said, well, the West is wide open. Any team from the Western Conference currently could get to the Stanley Cup final. Minnesota has flaws. They could get to a Stanley Cup final. Yes, I feel like Gustafson's playing fantastic. I love Colorado. They got question marks. Winnipeg, really good team. They got question marks playing the Islanders tonight. Should be a fun game. Love their goaltending. But again, they got question marks. I think they, they need to be aggressive at the trade deadline. Shovel day off never is. Could you get Timo Meyer in Winnipeg? That would be interesting. But Patrick Kane... If you're a Western Conference team, you look at it and say, we could make a Stanley Cup final this year. And if you make a Stanley Cup final, you have a 50% chance of winning the Stanley Cup. That's just math. 
I was never good at math, but when there's only two teams left, that's 100%. You get a pie. You have the whole pie. It's 100%. If you say, okay, I'm taking half, I'm taking another, that means you get 50% of the pie. I figured that one out. Figured enough out, enough math out. I'll ask Seamus when he gets on. He's, he's more of a numbers. He's more of a he's more of a math person to really just to justify my argument. Let's say I'm right for now. Well, the LA Kings are a very good team. They have their flaw, goaltending, which I may talk about later in the show. I like their team a lot. Then Quentin Byfield's getting a lot better. Love is seeing his development, his game. But is Patrick King going to push them over the top? Phoenix Copley, Jonathan Quick? Eh, no. They need a defenseman also. That's the need on their team. So it doesn't really work. Dallas. Can't really afford Patrick Kane. Is Chicago going to trade him to Dallas? Unlikely. There's the perfect team for Patrick Kane. And there's a city I don't see him saying no with his no-movement clause. And that team is the Vegas Golden Knights. Viva Las Vegas. Patrick Kane is box office. Patrick Kane is the real deal. And Vegas is the showstopper. It is the most interesting city in North America, you could argue. It's where everybody wants to be. And the Vegas Golden Knights do have a shot at getting to the Stanley Cup final in the Western Conference. Despite that Logan Thompson is out and that Mark Stone was put on LTIR, this is where it opens up. Mark Stone was put on long-term injured reserve last night with the likelihood he will not play again in the regular season. So this gives Vegas the, the flexibility to inquire about one of two players, Timu Meyer or Patrick Kane. Timo Meyer makes a little over $8 million. You have Patrick Kane who makes 10 and a half. Chicago's not going to be mad to take in money. They'll take half of that salary willingly to get rid of him. So that means nine and a half. That means you don't got to spend all that. You have nine, you won't be spending nine and a half million. You'll actually have more. So last night, I created the Vegas-Chicago deal for Patrick Kane. And here it is. So, the Vegas Golden Knights in this trade will be acquiring Patrick Kane and Jake McCabe on the back end. Jake McCabe, steady defenseman. Vegas gets him another year in his contract, so they get him for two years. Patrick Kane, a likely in the door, out the door. Best case scenario, you win a Stanley Cup. He's a rental. But Jake McCabe, you get a second season. I like it. Chicago Blackhawks, in return, will be doing this. Chicago will get a 2023 first-round pick from the, Chicago, from the Vegas Golden Knights. They will get a 2023 fourth-round pick. They don't have a second. It's traded. They will get prospect Zach Dean who you might remember from the World Junior Hockey Championship, currently playing for the Gatineau Olympic, one of the best teams in the QMJHL. And they will get Jonas, Jonas Ronberg, another high-quality prospect. He's played some NHL games already. And a 2024 fifth. 
So to repeat, 2023 first, 2023 fourth, Zach Dean, Jonas Rodenberg, and a 2024 fourth. Two players that will help your team this year. You get Mark Stone back for the playoffs. And with this trade, you should still be able to activate Logan Thompson off IR when he's ready. So you'll have him and Aiden Hill ready to go. That won't be an issue. I think this makes sense for both teams. And for Chicago, buyers can't be choosers because Patrick Kane holds all the cards. If he says, I don't want to go anywhere, that means you're not trading him two assets you have to keep through the trade deadline. Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, that is worst case scenario. That's worst case. You could say, well, we might get a better deal from Edmonton, but if Patrick Kane says, I don't want to go there, then it's a moot point. If he says, I will accept a trade to Vegas, which I don't know why he would not. You have a chance to win. You have a better chance to win in Edmonton. You do. Edmonton might have won last night against the Philadelphia Flyers. I've seen enough of their games to know that they are a train wreck on fucking wheels. Connor McDavid's unbelievable. Best player in the world. Dry saddle, top four. Stuart Skinner hasn't played a playoff game. Jack Campbell can't make a save. Tyson, go, I'm not going through the roster again. I'm sick of the Oilers. But they're not winning. I like Vegas to beat them in a series. Vegas might win the Pacific Division. That means you get a better matchup. You get a wild card team. You might get Edmonton in that first round. But if he will only go to Vegas, I want to get as much as possible for him. And if I throw Jake McCabe in the deal, I look at Jake McCabe in this trade as the 2023 fourth. That's about what he's worth. He's a fourth round. He's worth a fourth round pick. So you get the 2023 fourth in the deal. Maybe you can push that to a third. Maybe it's conditional fourth. Could be a third round pick if... The Vegas Golden Knights reach the conference finals. I'd do that from Vegas. They do have a third-round pick. You could put a conditional condition on that. You get Zach Dean, who didn't have a great World Juniors. He's had an okay season in the QMJHL, but he's one of Vegas' top prospects. Vegas doesn't have a, all that deep of a prospect pool. I nearly threw Luca Cormier in this deal, but I think Chicago wants some pieces up front. That's where they want to build. You're losing Taves. You're losing Kane. You lost the bread man years ago. You have you traded Alex DeBrincat. You need to start putting some good play. You lost Kirby Doc. You need to restock that forward prospect pool. And Zach Dean helps that process. You hopefully win the draft lottery. You select Connor Bedard. And you'll have another first-round pick in this draft. Zach Dean was a first-round pick. So you're starting to stockpile players already towards your your rebuild, and your retool moving forward. Ron Berg is a player that's playing. He can plug into your roster. You might lose for a couple seasons. He can play on that team while you're losing. And draft picks. I think this is a good trade for both teams. For Chicago, you need to accept what you can get for Patrick Kane. This is what you... 
when there's only so many teams available, you take what you can get. And quite honestly, the prospects in Edmonton aren't great either. I don't love their, their prospect pool down there. You could flip Zach Dean for Luca Cormier. Luca Cormier is already playing the American Hockey League. She so might that might like that a little bit more. He's not an he's not an NHL defenseman yet. I wish him all the best. He's from the Maritimes, of course. I root for him, but he isn't yet. It's just a fact. I'm not going to make him seem better than he is. Zach Dean, do we know he's going to be an NHL player? No, we don't. But that's that's the gamble of of the NHL draft. And you got nobody currently, so you'd like to add another prospect to your team. He has a chance to win the Memorial Cup this year. He'll play as a 20 for Rockford next year in the AHL. So I think you could flip prospects for, for Vegas. You have Mark Stone's $9.5 million to play with. He had back surgery, so this isn't something where He's just sitting out because you want to add pieces to your roster. He's legitimately hurt. It's true. Maybe he could come back in early April and he could play the last two games of the season, but I don't penalize teams that are just flat out doing business. If you don't want to play your guys at that certain moment, I have no problem with that. No problem with that. Because... Because that's just the way the game's played. That's the way you operate. You give yourself every advantage that you possibly can to be better. And if that means you put somebody in LTIR because they're injured and they stay on there a little bit longer, so be it. So be it. Who gives a crap? Okay, Kucherov shouldn't have been on there as long as he was. Okay, the league do something about it. The fan base that cries about that, I could give a shit if I'm about them, and I'm sitting here. If I'm a team, I don't care. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to gain as much advantage as I possibly can. Patrick Kane gives me a chance to win. Gives him a chance to win his fourth Stanley Cup. And you have Jack Eichel on that team. Riley, you don't have to get rid of Jack Eichel. You don't have to part with Riley Smith. You don't have to part with Marcia So. You don't have to part with Mark Stone. Petrangelo remains on the roster. Alec Martinez, Shea Theodore. Does that sound appetizing? Michael Amadio, William Carrier, guys who, who are good. I think Vegas can be a, a very solid playoff team. And when healthy, Logan Thompson is a solid, solid netminder. Kane's a difference maker. He still is. He He's shown it the last couple nights, and oddly enough, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights squared off last night, and Chicago won the game in the gimmick. So both teams just played each other. It was in Chicago. Maybe the general managers had some conversations. I found it fitting that it was yesterday afternoon that Mark Stone was put on LTIR. He was put in LTIR yesterday afternoon, and maybe start having conversations. You start putting the framework of a trade in place. Now, there's no reporting on Patrick Kane to Vegas. Nothing at all. I haven't heard anything from any insider. This is me trying to create something because I believe it makes sense. This Vegas organization 
has pushed their chips in since it began. They said, screw you to pieces. They said, screw you to Paul Stastny. They said, screw you to Marc-Andre Fleury. They haven't given a shit about anybody. They will part with anybody. The perfect thing about this trade, they don't have to part with anybody on the roster. Their roster stays the way it is, which is a good team. And you add a difference maker to that already very good team. Vegas currently is first in the Pacific Division, and they haven't had they haven't had Mark Stone for the majority of the season. They've missed Petrangelo for ten plus games because of family reasons. Alec Martinez has been banged up, and through all of it, they remain in first place. They remain a very competitive team that can beat anybody. L.A. can't afford him, and I also think L.A. wants Jacob Chikrin. I think that's the deal they want to try to pull up. I still don't have faith that will work because of Arizona, not so much Los Angeles, because I think they know how to make deals down there. They can make it happen, but if Arizona is Bill Armstrong's unwilling to pull the trigger and let Jacob Chikrin escape from the darkness like Aaron Rodgers will soon enough, then he can't, you can't really do anything about that. You got to take it on the chin and kind of move on. What else can happen? L.A., Minnesota doesn't have the money to do it. They can't make that deal happen. Dallas, that isn't happening. Colorado. Colorado needs a, needs a, a centerman. They need Konechny. I've already made that deal. I've already talked about it. Sammy Gerard going back to Philadelphia. Travis Konechny coming Colorado. You have to have pieces with Sammy Gerard, but Konechny ends up in Colorado. You got a team. Now, Kel McCarr needs to be healthy, of course. But they got a center. You got a right winger in Vegas. Marcia So and Patrick Kane, Mark Stone. I like those wingers. That's tough to deal with. Let him settle in, and I think he can be magic. Because he's being he's magic currently with Max Domi and Tyler Johnson. He was playing with Jason Dickinson last week. Jason Dickinson, the, the journeyman penalty killer. That's who Patrick Kane was playing extended minutes with as a centerman. What do you put him on a line with Eichel? Two Americans on the same line doing damage. Whew. Sounds pretty intriguing. In the Eastern Conference, again, I don't see a perfect landing spot for Patrick Kane. The Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't see it. That's not their need. They don't need another forward. They addressed it. Boston, I think they, they want to add to their back end. If they add somebody up front, it would be more of a depth piece. A replacement for Craig Smith, a better option. That's what I do on my Tuesday nights when I'm watching games. I'm thinking, what's a trade that can make sense? And the Kane to Vegas one 
just made too much for me. And I'll repeat it. The trade is Patrick Kane and Jake McCabe going to the Vegas Golden Knights. And in return, Chicago gets a 2023 first-round pick, a 2023 fourth-round fourth round selection, prospect Zach Dean, prospect Jonas Ronberg, the retained 50% of Patrick Kane's salary, and they'll also get a 2024 fifth round draft select. It's this is the fun time of year. But I would be trying everything. And if you got that cap space, make it happen. And it's one thing to, as I see our guests come on, we'll welcome him in here. On a special Wednesday edition. He's got a busy week coming up. He'll be heading out to the six later in the week or as I like to call it, gloom and doom because it's February and it's it's Toronto. But Seamus, uh, I haven't talked to you live on here since since the big trade for Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari. How are you feeling? Uh, how is Leafs Nation feeling about this deal? Uh, probably helps with the, the shitty, shitty weather they're getting, but that's okay. Little gloom and doom, I like that. Um, no, I think it's good. I, I think it makes everyone's day a little brighter. Um, see a performance like that always helps, but it, it's just strange because it, it was this time last week we were where it feels like we were just talking about how he's not going to trade a first round pick. He's not going to move Matthew Knives, and um, what three, two, three days later, he's he's made this big fabulous move to get Ryan O'Reilly and trade four picks away along with uh, prospect. So. It's interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know what he. I don't know he what he was trying to accomplish by saying he was going to move something and then goes out and does it. it. Kind of looks bad on him and management as a whole. Um, but obviously he's a game changer, and I mean it, it gets you it gets you a little excited for sure. Seeing him last night, how well he he fits in uh, so well already. So let me ask you, Tavares on the wing with O'Reilly at center. Is that your long-term – do you like that long-term? No, I like what they were starting originally with uh, O'Reilly playing deeper in the lineup. Um, I just find having those three guys – if you can get those three guys at center, I mean, there's only one team in my mind that matches that center depth, and that's Winnipeg. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, that's my ideal situation, but we know Sheldon Keefe's willing to switch it up on the fly if – he thinks that three guys are gelling really well, which they did gel really well last night, then that's great. That might work against a lesser team, or well, I shouldn't say a lesser team. Buffalo is not lesser anymore, but a team that's not as structured defensively, we'll say, as Buffalo, which they are yeah. not. Um, that might work for them, but it might not work for a Boston. It might not work for a Tampa who have three, you know, two, three really solid lines that you have to keep rolling out there. So that's where I'd like to see the O'Reilly fit in with a Cali Yarncroc and maybe a Angval or a Kerfoot on the side with them. Do you like a chart? Yeah. He's, he's thrown more hits in your fourth line all year, three games. Yeah, like him and Zach Aston-Reese last night have been just crushing guys. But, yeah, no, fully love that move as well. I mean, he's maybe just a throw-in, but he does a great job of uh, getting into his role. He's already scored a goal with the team. And if that's all his line is, is bang around on the fourth corner, then – or the fourth corner, the fourth line, then, I mean, that's that's it. I love yeah. it. I, I, love the, I love the move overall. 
but it does scream like this is a this is a last grab or else I'm I'm leaving like this is the this is the end of my job. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And O'Reilly's smart. I, it's not the way I thought they'd go because O'Reilly's definitely not uh, the dubious <laughs> disciple. He's not a he's not a five nine forward from uh, Sault Ste. Marie. He is from Toronto, but he's not, he does he doesn't play the style that Dubas particularly loves, but I will say this is a, a positive endorsement that he's willing to try different things and, you know, acquire somebody that might, two guys that are kind of outside his normal uh, comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the toughness was needed. I look at all the best teams in the league. Now you got Boston. I saw a, a staggering stat recently that I think Yossi Pulley might lead Edmonton in fights, which, <laughs> and he's only got like two so right i think those things go king hand in hand like some of the tougher teams are obviously some of the better teams in the league whether right you know minnesota with their their i guess just depth of guys who are just willing to go toe-to-toe with anybody winnipeg certainly has tough guys you like you love your boy lowry in the middle mm-hmm. plus shifley's not away shying away from any contact so yeah i mean there's a certainly those two things go hand in hand and toronto is I would say the weakest in that division was still being able to have success, right? So right. when you get to the playoffs, you're going to have to get tougher, and that's ultimately what they're trying to get done here, and hopefully they're not done. Right, and in saying that, today the big news was finally they announced that Jake Muzzin is done for the season. I've only been calling for it for three weeks, and I'd like to <laughs> congratulate all the journalists down there for not getting the scoop, letting the lease announce it. You got so many people that work covering the one team, which I know is a tough job, only covering one of 30, 32 possible teams. So congratulations to Chris Johnson and everybody else down there who didn't get it. But Jake Muzzin's done for the season, which I'll just start off with this, Shay, before we get into the bigger picture. I didn't want to see him back on the ice. I, I think no. he's his career's done. I have a lot of respect for Jake Muzzin. He's a champion. He's a warrior. Every time he's on the ice, he gave you everything he had. And he did what he could for Toronto. It's just unfortunate, just some of the the untimely injuries he suffered while playing for for your Maple Leafs. Yeah, and it's you know it's no um, you know it's no shot against him. But playing on the line obviously does come with a lot of consequences. You, I look at over at Philadelphia. I look at Sean Couturier's career. Look at Mark <laughs> Stone. He's in the lineup a lot. Patrice Bergeron, obviously the forefront of that. When you do play on the line, you play with a lot of physicality and you put your body on the line to make defensive plays. And I think Muzzin empowered that from the time he got into the league. Obviously, it wears and tears on your body. And, you know, concussions are just part of that. When you're physical, you're just bound to get them home more often. That's right. It just happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's not a time that I watched a game and said that Jake Muzzin didn't give everything he could on the ice. So even when he was banged up, which unfortunately was at the end of his career, uh, a lot. So, yeah, I mean, did whatever he could. He was still a threat every time offensively. And uh, like I just said, defensively, he was uh, mm. as good as any for the Leafs, which was uh, something that was really refreshing after watching Morgan Riley scoop the puck out of the back of his net for years. So with that being said, his $5.8 million is now open for the Maple Leafs to play with. Mm-hmm. And of course, that could be a, another impact player. That could be another splash. Yeah. But my thought is they don't have a 2023 first. Mm-mm. They don't got a second. They don't got a fourth. They they got Matthew Nyes, 
And yeah. I just, I don't know about you, Shib, but I get the feeling he's kind of an untouchable. Yeah, it's it, it, it sucks because, like, you're, you're always going to think, you know, they get to the first round, they lose to Tampa, or maybe they get past the first round, God forbid, and they lose to Boston. It's like, well, we have that extra D-man on the back end, you know, that one guy that played like Muzzin. Right. Put it on the line like Muzzin. What, what, what would be different? So I feel like if I was Dubas, I think knives can't be untouchable. I think you have to explore those options, especially where, you know, we don't get many great prospects. I'm sorry, but that's anyone who's a Leafs fan. I mean, what's, what was our last great prospect? Nick Robertson? Oh, yeah. How many games has he played? Maybe 100, maybe 50. I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think knives is more as valuable as he sounds. I think he still has to be available to even if it's knives for straight up for Gravikov and maybe somebody else, or if it's right, uh, you go down the road, you want to get Joel Edmondson and maybe another guy. I mean, that's, that's gotta be it. Right. Would you be willing to part with Matthew Nyes for Dmitry Orlov? Orlov. So Orlov's in the last year of his contract, I think. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's a top. He's still a top four defenseman in my mind. He still does some really good things. He sometimes plays really, really smart. And there's sometimes I'm watching Washington, thinking, well, you know, well, why isn't he extended yet? But you know, maybe there's a hidden reason. If he's a rental, I'd have a hard time seeing it. Might want a hefty check. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that probably plays heavy into favor. Um, I I foresee him staying with Washington. He, even just because he's comfortable, he's good friends with him at Kuznetsov, Ovi. But if it was Nas for Orlov straight up, I could live with that, yeah, for sure, to get another depth defenseman. I wonder if Chikrin is still a possibility. I, I don't trust Arizona whatsoever. But Matthew Nyes might win the Hobie Baker. That's intriguing enough for Arizona. They don't want to be any good, so Chikrin – doesn't help them and he helps them win quite honestly and they've been kind of on a tear lately so i think it's unlikely that they could pull that off but if, if you're going to go for a defenseman which i think is do you agree with me that's where they need to go or is it gold oh, absolutely no no yeah it's it, i think it's defenseman i think at this point you've kind of embedded with samson off I, I don't know there's too many goals you can just go scoop out there but i, mm -hmm. I would i would be much more assured if there was a better defenseman helping out that, say, goaltender. Right. Because I think Orloff, you have Gavrikov, as you mentioned, and Columbus is still there. Chikrin. Not too many. I thought, and this is just a maybe a shot in the dark, if Luke Shen was available and he wasn't asking too much, even as a depth guy who can play third role, I mean, he's going to, again, like you said, he's not a Dubas-type player because he fights and he actually plays pretty good defense, but even he's an option. I'm sure you'll see him get moved. It might not be to Toronto, but it'll be somewhere right. else. I, I, I'd be good with that because he doesn't have to play every game either. We've seen in Tampa, he can sit and come in and play very well. Yeah. I don't mind Timmons, but in the playoffs, I'd rather play Luke Shen than Connor Timmons personally. Yeah, absolutely. More experience. Mm -hmm. Plays up and down the line. He played, sometimes he was playing with um, Hedman just because Yes, I mean, can play with anybody, right? So it's just like, okay, we'll put him with him, and he's gonna, you know, he's basically he's covered because he's he's playing with a one a one man show, right? Yeah, defense would help that team. Obviously, though, Jake Muzzin add to add another player like Jake Muzzin is incredibly tough. They're just not 
built built that way anymore in, in the National Hockey League. I talked about Vegas off the top, and I, I think Patrick Kane going to Vegas makes too much sense. And they put Mark, they put Mark Stone on LTIR. It's nine and a half million bucks. They can eat half of it. They don't have to trade many big pieces off their roster. Do you do you, are you in agreement with me on that? What's your what's your what's your response to me on that idea? I'm not going to say no. I think it more as more more teams kind of drop out of the Patrick Kane race. I think it's more and more likely he'll get moved. I heard rumors that he'd be willing to stay for another year in Chicago and sign one deal. Mm. Basically, he'd just drop off the face of the earth this season. That way, they start losing more because he's not in the lineup, and they you know they have the chance of getting one of these top end prospects. But at the same time, you know what? What is it that going to do for you long term? Great, you have Patrick Kane for a year, and he he look, plays with Bedard. You're going to sell tickets, obviously, but right. you know you're not getting any picks. You're not getting any prospects. Your team is going to be shit in two, three seasons. You know it, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm I'm in agreement with you that he still needs to be on the move. Um, and for Chicago's sake, I mean they can't. They beat my Leafs. What what was it? Two Sunday two, night. Three, four, yeah, Sunday night. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know. He's winning them games. He has to get off the roster so they get a chance for Dard, right? Right. And Taves has now shut it down for the season, which I think is great. Not great for Taves, obviously, but great for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, I mean, for Vegas, their owner's willing to spend. He's willing to spend, spend, spend. He's got deep pockets. And this is a team that I, I feel like would cut the throat of a, a, a player who's been there for a while, a Riley Smith, a Jonathan Marchessault, or so, just be like, hey, you know, it, thanks for thanks for putting in your five, six years, but it's time to go and try to win. I think they can do it without getting rid of any big pieces, too. Yeah, I guess if they eat half, if they can eat most of Kane's contract, then I guess Mark Stone on the ITLR. It's not like where before they had a hard time with fitting in, you know, Patch Ready and Stone's contracts with Eichel moving in. So, yeah, I could see that. I guess it'd be it'd be good, and they need it. I mean, they lose to Arizona last night. Is it Arizona lost or to, lost to Chicago last oh, night? Oh, lost to Chicago. Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Ironically, so yeah. I mean, they they need a help. They kind of they're in a good spot, but at the same time, you play in a very weak division. You don't want to get caught lacking and thinking you're tougher than you actually are when you hit the central. Right. Sounds like Tyler Bertuzzi is going to stay in Motown. That was announced today, which is a blow for, I think, many teams around the league. I think Winnipeg was really interested in Tyler Bertuzzi. They wouldn't mind kicking tires on him. So he's staying. They're only two points out of a playoff spot. They're they're on a run right now. Vili Husso is playing great. Mm-hmm. Dylan Larkin's a pending UFA, but he's scoring a goal every night or getting kicked out as he did last night in the first period. Um, you're Predators. You had them winning the yeah. cup, right? Uh, I had them going to the cup final. I don't know if I picked them to win. Oh. It was that them or Tampa. Them or Tampa. Game. So they did beat Vancouver last night, but they got bad news that Ryan Johansson's done for the season, it sounds like. He had surgery yeah. today. So he's likely done. I thought he could be somebody they sell, which is another blow <laughs> to that team. Should they be full-on sell, Shay? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like last season. You know, to quote Daryl Sutter, it was irrelevant when they when they end up having to play Colorado because it was a waste of eight days. I, I feel like it's kind of got that same feeling. 
they they didn't do I, sh I shouldn't say that because they did make attempts to do good things in their off season. It wasn't you know they brought a Nita Ryder, they brought a McDonough. Um, I mean they have the goaltender. They have a top five goaltender in my mind, and they have a lot of good things going on. But it does feel like at this point making to the playoffs is just kind of like getting that gold star in grade one when you're you know you, you got the gold star just to just to get in or just to just be bright. Yeah, attendance. It's like that. That's all this is meaning at this point. You're attending the playoffs. I don't know. You're right. I I do feel like they need to maybe sell some pieces or regroup and kind of get ready. Kind of like what St. Louis is doing. St. Louis is kind of being the the forefront of everybody and saying, "Here's our aging stars. We're going to get rid of them. We're going to get stuff back, and probably in a few years we're going to be competitive again." Ekholm has a couple years left. I they might find a sucker on Ekholm. He's 31. I think he's got three years left after this one, which. Yeah. He's got a ticket too. I mean, six yeah. over six. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I, I don't mind him, but his skating's getting worse, and I could see that getting worse. But they might find a sucker because teams are looking for defense. Absolutely. Is is Toronto a fit? Nah. I, <laughs> it would be it would be very very intel uh, unintelligent for Dubas to make this trade because I feel like there's a heavy price, but at the same time you're kind of getting Muzzin, you're kind of getting the Muzzin back where it's like, okay, not the greatest skater physical, but is that all he's going to bring? You know what I mean? So right. you might be replacing him, but you might be also trying to look for something different. Yeah. Johansson's out. They could have tried to trade him. Now they can't. That hurts. They're not going to be able to trade Duchesne in all likelihood. Need it's, a writer. It's crazy staying. to think back that Forsberg wasn't signed and, Maybe if they things were different, they could have sold them for a first and a prospect. Uh, you know, right. like we're talking about this time last year, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, he was the main guy. It's like, well, he's unsigned, but your team's in the playoff spot, and you know, now obviously he's got the big ticket. But you're going to go two years in a row where you just get bounced in the first round, and everybody knows it. Is there a player out there on a struggling team that you don't think we've talked about that could be moved? By next Friday. A player on a struggling move. I mean, we've covered a lot of them. I mean, Arizona, you know the basics. Kirkman. Is there anybody uh, in Vancouver like, that could be moved that we're not talking about maybe? I mean, <laughs> they want to move everybody, so it's kind of tough. <laughs> but if I, if I had to think so, maybe why not that Chidemko? You know what I mean? Right, he might he might be hurt right now actually, so it's maybe not be. He's supposed to be back in the next week or so. Yeah, it'd be me. So that's a long term benefit where, you know, you think about a guy who did so well in the playoff bubble. You're like, oh man, like, you know, if this team had this goaltending, how would they look? You know what I mean? Right. Obviously, that's yeah, yeah. But then you have to have him healthy. It's gonna he's on the ticket too, so maybe you already have a goaltender in the pipeline. What about um? Oh, who was I thinking? I was thinking about, sorry, someone from Philly. Connect me. Oh, you're going to hate this, but what about JVR for a team? Yeah, he's on the last year of his deal, right? So it would be UFA. I wouldn't hate it. He's not my favorite player. I don't think if you're a Leaf fan, he was ever your favorite player because he's got right. some Pierre Engvall in him. He's a better player than Pierre Engvall, but yeah, they play similarly. Yeah. Some but he can score goals. He's good down low. If you had him on a third line and he was second power play, I think he he'd fit. 
See, with Pacioretty gone, I feel like Carolina is going to grab somebody like that, somebody right. who can still add some scoring. But I'm watching them last night. I'm thinking, geez, they. It's crazy to think that they're this good and they really don't need a ton more. Like, like right. they've already they've already kind of mastered the way they play the top six plays. Mm-hmm. But if they could use somebody, I mean, who who comes to mind for you? Is it somebody from, you know, somebody from out west? Is Vancouver maybe they go for what's that? I think if Timo Meyer ends up in Carolina, they should be, be they should become the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Right, I can see that. I can see that. There's, like you said, I wa- I watched them last night too for parts of that game, and they just dominate people every night. They dummy them. Like they had two two against Montreal last week, ended up six two third period. Just, they just mop the floor with them. St. Louis, they just okay, we'll let you score a goal here, and then we'll crush you. Yeah. Freddie Anderson, I don't trust whatsoever. He'll have a pull groin or he'll chip a toenail right before the playoffs. It seems to happen every year. Tummy ache, yep. But Korchkov is good. I think they like – he's playing the minors currently, but I think he could be starting game one of the of the playoffs in all likelihood here. But Timu Meyer to Carolina makes too much sense to me because he – they could keep him – and they could win a cup this year, so it's a win-win for for the Canes. Yeah, I, and this sad to think about. I don't think Pacioretty is going to play playing a very long time, if not no. maybe forever. No. Right. And just yeah, just too many. When you talk about ACLs, it can be very. I know we've come a long way as a society as a society through you know fixing that injury, but still, yeah. we're not nowhere near there. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm on board with that. I love it. Love, love thinking about Meyer, and I can already vision him in a Canes jersey right now. It would be unbelievable. Right, see him ripping it up. Maybe him and Shvetsnikov. I don't know. The ask is going to be large, but yeah, they've got some decent prospects. I think like in the in their thing. I like Jack Drury. I know he's a guy who comes up and down once in a while, but he seems like he's got a little little spice to him. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I, I think that it could work, and they'd be such a, a dominant team, that, uh, although they already are. Yes, and trading first-round picks for that team, do it, because you think you're going to win. Like, who cares, right? Because if it's the 32nd pick in the draft, well, okay, take it. That's a high. That's basically a second-round pick. Yeah, what what do the, the Sharks want? Are they like – are they like – I don't know, and I don't know because I haven't heard yet. Is it too? Yeah, close? there hasn't been much reporting on what their ask is, which is interesting to me, and I, that tells me Mike Greer is actually doing a good job out there because there isn't anything leaked. Because you hear Arizona, you know exactly what they want. Go figure. That's, that's most they, trades now, it's like yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like most trades. It's like we know exactly what this players want and worth is, and then right. there's an expectation of when it's sold, like. If you would have told me that O'Reilly was a first, second, third, and then some salary retention uh, gets in the fourth, then I would have called you crazy. But here we are, right? Did you find the the haul for O'Reilly a lot, or were you okay with it as a as a Leaf fan? I I think to get a player of that caliber, and you know, although he's maybe not what he was two three years ago, um, I still think it's great because I mean you're getting experience, you're getting a, an obvious stud leader um you don't just throw the sea on a, a great team like st louis was um yeah no so I, I i agree it's it's it was worth it only in the fact that i think like i said last week i mean Neil, nylander's gone one of these big four guys is gone the next couple of years it's going to happen 
So now is the only time to really try and get this done. What if Timo Meyer ends up on St. Louis and they use all those, you know, the trades that they did for Tarasenko and with the Leafs? And they, yeah. I, I think that would be a brilliant. If Doug Armstrong can pull that off, he might win executive of the year on a team that misses the playoffs. Yeah. And you, and you mean like that and then re-sign them so that yeah. he's there yeah, for long term? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Kind of like a draft day scenario for, mm -hmm. for those who watched that movie. Yeah. To take it in and then pull back out. Me, no matter what. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, no, it, it would be a brilliant move. And, you know, they missed the playoffs, but it, it also, I mean, like you said, helps your team for the future years. And not to mention you're taking a, a major piece off the market where yeah, it's, it's playing defense. It it's playing the ultimate game of chess, right? Right. Yeah. But it helps you as a Leaf fan. Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. Anyone going for it this year, the Bostons, the um, the Winnipegs, the Dallases, I mean, they, they're all smiling. But obviously, anyone who's who's still in, in, the, in, in the, I guess, the trade race is kind of done. Winnipeg's an intriguing team. You talked about them a few times here. They are very good. Hellebuck's playing like a Vesna winner. He's out of his that Monday night against the Rangers, he was just cyborg level. He nothing was getting past him. Fifty saves at the Garden, not much better performances than that. Shevel Dayoff's been a general manager that's been very timid in the past. He doesn't make the big trade. He goes through trade deadlines, adding a bit piece that you've never heard of. You talk about the Shifley's a UFA. Dubois and RFA, Wheeler's got one year left after this one. It's time to pedal to the metal if you're the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. And I think Timu Meyer would work there. I think a Barbashev would, would fit in really well in Winnipeg. I think they need to be aggressive in the next week and a half and add somebody of significance because I think they can get to a cup final in the West. Me too. Yeah, no, I agree. It's funny, like last year we were looking at this team wondering like what's going on and a coaching change maybe fix some things. It doesn't fix everything, but I agree. I mean, you're, you're thinking about Mark Shifley, RFA. I have a very strange suspicion that Dubois is going to be a Montreal Canadian in the next couple <laughs> of years. Don't know where that's coming from. Uh, right. Thank you. Thanks to his agent. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. Like everyone's kind of bought in. This looks like a team that's rejuvenated. You need to add that another piece. You know, you, I do, and you shovel day off. You, you'll bring in a point. He'll bring in like a maybe a Brandon Dillon. I think his last big forward move was probably like Kevin Hayes bringing him right. in a few years ago. But yeah, they need more than that. They need a big, big ticket piece, even as a depth guy. Like if Timo Meyer was on the third line, I'm sure he would probably say, you know what, that's okay. Like I'm, I'm here. I can, I can know my role. I'd be a power right. play fit. But we, there's a bigger, you know, there's a bigger picture going on here, and that's mm -hmm. making it to a Stanley Cup, which. I'm sure he would love to, to love to return to. So, yeah, him. I'm trying to think about who else could make an impact there. I know you said Barbashev, but they're so deep down the center. I have a hard time seeing that. Yeah, I think it's got to be some – they could add some more physicality. It could be a Gavrikov on the back end. They could use another defenseman. True. Um, another – with size because Pionk – I love Morrissey. But Pionk, Morrissey, Schmidt, they're all smaller type defensemen. So yeah. that could be a weakness for them come playoff time. I mean, you could go at a Kulikov, but that's boring. That's Unless, not, yeah, that's not the big piece that they need. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's, 
He's a he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, and he's, I think he scored the other night. But he's, if anything, he's a depth guy. Right. Um, I'm thinking of uh, no one really on Arizona really sparks any too much interest. Like you said, Jacob. I mean, they don't go for Kane. I don't think. I don't well, think they want. Makes sense in Winnipeg. Yeah, brings a little size. Yeah, I can see that. He's he's probably familiar with some of the team there. Yeah, they they're intriguing because. Who do you think is the favorite in the West right now? Uh, it's, it's no one from it's no one from the Pacific Division. I'm sorry, I just have no faith in any team there. Talked about Vegas getting beat earlier. I love LA, but God, that like their goaltending situation is just too risky for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, for me, I I'd still say Winnipeg. I, I mean, even if Dallas is in the lead right now, I think Winnipeg's size. In the forward structure, uh, in the forwards uh, rank them. I think they've got um, an unbelievable power play set up, and I know Dallas has got some scores out there. But sometimes it feels like Dallas is a one-line team, where you know it's Robo, Hints, and then uh, little Joe. Yeah, little Joe, and that's kind of all they got. Where I, you know, I'm no, I know I'm getting goals from Dubois. I know Ehlers is going to step up. I know Mark Scheifele is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Adam Lowry can chip in. You know, they've oh, got different uh, guys all through their lineup. Yeah. yeah. So, I for me, it's Winnipeg. What about you? Winnipeg, certainly, or if they're healthy, Colorado. But that McCarr injury scares me, man. Two concussions in 11 days, and I hate it because he's one of the best players in the league. He's one of the funnest players to watch, easy to market. And they could win the cup again, but if they don't have him, they don't have a chance in hell. Yeah, I agree. That's what scares me about this whole season for our, you know, Landis Cog hasn't played. Yep. Nathan McKinnon's in and out sometimes. And they've got different guys who just seem to fall off. So I, it, it's tough and it, it sucks because I, I had no faith. I think you had a lot more in Gorgriev than I did. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just going to be a plug in guy, but he has, there's been times where he's played really, really well this season. I will give you that when I didn't think he would. Um, but yeah, so that's why I can't give it to Colorado right now, but. Who knows? They could surprise. Maybe they get healthy all at the same time, and they say, like, let's just get the band back together because I feel like they could. Yeah, getting Landeskog back is like a trade deadline move in and of itself. I mean, it's yeah. a, a massive shift, right? So if a team could do that, before we move off hockey, Eastern Conference wildcard race, mm. who do you have the most faith in? You got Winnipeg, you got uh, Pittsburgh in there who can't make a save. Washington, who's lost record this year, 330 man games lost due to injury, which, oof, that's tough. Yeah, the Islanders have seemingly have already played 82 games. No, they've only played 60, but they got 22 left. <laughs> Florida, who's also played 60 games. Detroit, Buffalo still in the mix. Where are you, where are you leaning? So you basically asked me to pick two teams, or do I just have to pick one that I like? Pick your two teams. I I'm gonna go. I would. Islanders were attractive until they lost Barzell, right? And now it's like, oh, all that trading, all the work they just did, kind of feels like it's. I don't know. It's just record deflating. I, I think Buffalo is gonna make it. I, I may be a, a wild man for saying that, but I feel like their offense they generated. We didn't see it last night, but we see it most nights. I think they can compete with anybody in the league when it comes to that, especially the power play. And 
I'll say Pittsburgh. I don't know. Pittsburgh, I, I have a hard time seeing a team like that lose. Like, I, I don't know. I just, Sid's going to will them to a playoff spot. Right. That's, that's all I'm going to say. They got Sid. Gino will put in some – he'll put in some points. They can do some things. Pittsburgh will make it because they never miss. Yeah. And, and then they'll lose in the first round. Yes. And that's no man's land. I talked about that yesterday. It's the worst place to be. Uh, and I true. We have a trade. Oh, let's go. Not a big one, but we do have a trade, which is the Vegas Golden Knights acquired defenseman Dyson Mayo. Okay. From the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a 2023 fifth round pick and Shea Weber's contract. So it's a salary dump. That's Go ahead. That screams cap room. Yeah, this man, that's what I was going to Trade say. before another trade. Yeah, yeah. We, so you, everyone might want to stay on their phones a little later tonight just in case because that's uh, 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 somebody's going there. 88 going to Vegas. Oh, I just I, – I want this to happen. It was, yeah. it was New York, and I lost out on that dreams. I wanted that because I wanted – I was like a child. I want to create it. Yeah. But, yeah, Dyson Mayo, he's a – He's a depth defenseman, likely won't play for Vegas because they are pretty deep on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, Shea, so Shea Weber's contract goes in this in this trade back to Arizona, so they'll take they'll take on all that money. They yeah, they love like having players that haven't played for five years on. They did it with Matsuk. They did it with Pronger. Hosa, yeah, all those guys. All the guys that have skin cancer or no <laughs> eyes or whatever, whatever kind of injury you have, Arizona wants you but yeah opens up some space for for the for the vegas golden knights to to do something of significance hmm. so they so they it was weber and a, a fifth round pick that's what it was weber and a, yeah good good for them i mean mayo's not he's not a, a game changer so getting a little something back obviously even before. getting a fifth for mayo is a good trade yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so yeah, this it's a. Uh, I thought that you, you, I saw them put Mark Stone on LTIR last night, and I said this is just too weird. It's Chicago and Vegas playing each other. He goes on LTIR during the game, so it was just something weird about all of that for me. Yeah, some some smells here, and it's yeah, not. It's uh, fishy. Yeah, it's not uh, quite the jockstrap. Because it wasn't a massive trade. I wish it was something more significant for you all out there, but it wasn't. But I'm with you. Pittsburgh will get in. Mm-hmm. And who's your other? Who's your other team? I'm leaning towards the the wings. You think so? A little great ride. I, I have a hard time seeing the wings, but I know. Me too. Cider's been good. He's been a lot better this half of the season than he was at the beginning of the season. He and Lars looks great. And yeah. actually, a guy who's been quietly very good lately is Robbie Fabry. He's finding the back of the net. Good story. Yes, very good. He's, he's battled a lot. Talk about knee injuries. He had two of them in two, two and a half years. I thought his career might have been over. Mm-hmm. And they got a bunch, you know, Bergeron, and they have a bunch of guys that have hardly played. But Huso's. Oh, he was dialed in. I watched a lot of that game last night. He was dialed in, making gloves, saves, flashing the leather at people. Just St. Louis gave him away for like practically nothing. Yeah, they can't. <laughs> yeah, Benner. Yeah. yeah, good thing they have the snap show because he's doing a lot <laughs> for that team right now. Yeah, they kept Benner. That was a tough one for my boy Doug. But yeah, yeah. 
good trades overall. Detroit, no, that's- I would love to say Buffalo with you because I'll tell you, they didn't play great against your lease last night, but a guy who I think played great, even in a 6-3 loss, was Owen Power. Yeah, oh, I, I thought the same thing. Lotto play. You, you talk about a guy who just looks like he's going to tweak a few things and then he's going to pop off into a, probably a star and then soon, shortly after a superstar. Yeah. He looks so confident with the puck. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Like he is, he, like I, I watched him make so many small plays last night where it's like instead of throwing it away, like maybe other young defensemen would have done, he's holding on to it for that extra like two seconds and then right. making a much smarter play. And he does it all the time. There's not a time where he just throws the puck away. Like he, he's got such a grasp for, you know, his size, which he's six. I mean, he's six six. Obviously, it's not easy to be six six and dangly out there. But he just understands it, and he works with tight corners. He's great on the wall. Unbelievable. He, yeah, I, I agree with you. He's going to be so good. Oh, another trade. No, I thought it was a Netflix announces docu series on 2022 season, featuring Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. So, they're getting into the business of basically full swing and drive to survive, and the break point for tennis. Yes, of yeah. course, the NFL has to take it up. If they're not popular enough, they got <laughs> they got to take that away from the lesser sports. But that yeah. that was the, the news there. They're like the bigger. They're like the bigger older. They're like the bigger older brother that just keeps, you know. Right. Anytime, anytime you get any kind of recognition, he's just gotta like blow himself up a little bit more and more until there's no, no air in the room. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Have you seen Full Swing on Netflix? No, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah, I look forward to it. That's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna be sporting Netflix any longer after the end of the month, but we'll we'll see. With their new subscription uh, rules, got a couple uh, days. Got a couple days. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not exactly on board with what they're trying to do. But if I do keep it, then you can guarantee I'll be watching it. Here, here. Let's get to the NBA, where we didn't have this on the docket, but I figured you'd be ready to talk about this because when you get breaking news like this that I did not expect, you mm-hmm. talk about it. Last night, about 6.30 p.m., the Atlanta Hawks announced that they had fired head coach Nate McMillan after a 29-30 and 30 start to the season, and they are immediately start starting a coaching search involving Quinn Snyder and Kenny Atkinson, who's on her Golden State staff, so I don't know how that's going to work, but anyway. they But big news, Nate McMillan out. Basically, mm-hmm. Trey Young gets what he wants <laughs> because he obviously wasn't thrilled with Nate McMillian earlier in the year, as reported. What do you make of this move by Atlanta at the All Star break? Just seem weird timing to do this now. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't understand it either. It's 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 like, it, what is your team going to do? Your team's going to go on a run here with a new coach and then sneak into a plant? No, like. Atlanta is going to do what they've always done, and they're going to be kind of be relevant in the middle pack. I, right. I do think that they can maybe get into the play and run, and then maybe they get to an eighth seed, and then they lose to a Boston slash Milwaukee slash Philly. But I mean, why not run it out with the rest of the year with this head coach? Is it really going to bother Trey Young that much to see to be be coached by this guy like that? He can't stand it. I mean, he's still playing well, so what's the difference? Right. And Quinn Snyder will be available in April. He's not. It's not going anywhere. He, yeah. you can contact him first if that's the way you want to go. 
and I do think he's a good coach. You also got the old Lakers coach, I think should get another job, uh, that one at Orlando and Indiana, Frank Vogel. Oh, yes, yeah, Vogel's not too bad. Heard him fired in L.A. for what, coaching? <laughs> for doing it, yeah, because LeBron – he probably stepped on LeBron's shoe one day and it was like – it was kind of like the dictator. It's kind of right. like, oh, yeah, 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 no problem. And then LeBron went like this once and yeah. he was yeah. out of there. Go see David Blatt about what I think about <laughs> coaching. But he – like you said, Atlanta gets DeJounte Murray in the big trade – but they've been tr- they've been shopping John Collins for seemingly three and a half years. He's still he's still on the roster. Capella's in and out of the starting lineup. I think the other big honestly is a better fit than Clint Capella right now when it comes Me to starting. So that works. They just the when I watched them, I don't think Dejounte and Trey fit, which I think me and you talked about in the summer that we said these guys both like the ball an awful lot, and we don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to work. Do you think the firing is maybe Trey Young related, but also maybe the ownership there looks at it and says we should be better in this Eastern Conference that is, other than Milwaukee and Boston, relatively weak this season? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's definitely easy to be. It's definitely easy to say, look, you know, look what you gave you. Look what we did in the off season. We got you this guy. He's he's a great player. He's a great two. You know why? Why isn't it working out? And it's easier, obviously, to not blame the players and to fire the head coach, very well known across all sports. It's just not. It's just not a feasible fix. I think it's on the team more than it's on the head coach. And I, for that reason, I hope McMillan gets another chance at it because he's. A, I, I thought he at times he was a really good head coach. I think mm-hmm. a couple years ago when they were in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like he'll get another uh, jab at it, but I don't know. I, I don't. It's going to be interesting to see who they can kind of sweep up midway through a season. I'm sure there's guys lurking around, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know who'd want that job. Steve like, Nash, are, they, are they better than Brooklyn is right now after all that they've done with trades and everything? Is Atlanta better than the Brooklyn Nets 2.0? I don't think so. Me either. No, no, I, I take, I take I, Brooklyn in that matchup. They're fun. Well, it's just interesting, right? And we, I was going to get to them about, you know, teams that are in the, the kind of the pressure cooker, the heat. And the Nets are in the perfect position because if they do well, it's like, oh, I'm surprised. Like, I thought they'd lose those guys. But, you know, they got this ragtag full team full of guys like Cam Thomas and, you know. Um, Bridges. Is it Nixon? No. Claxton? Claxton, sorry. Claxton. And – you know, they, they're just going to ragtag their way into it. But if they lose and they start going on a losing streak and they maybe fall to a playing spot or added to the playoffs completely, well, it's like, oh, okay, well, they lost their two superstars. I mean, this was bound to happen. So right. they got no pressure where a team like Atlanta is like, well, you know, we got a top guard here. We have some great depth in center. We have John Collins who's supposed to be, you know, whatever John Collins is supposed to be. <laughs> and we can't seem to figure it out. We, I mean, we can't go – we can't go ahead and win more than three games in a row. So that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I think playing with uh, – playing at ease and playing fun basketball like Brooklyn's doing right now, it's kind of a major contributor to why they see, still seem to win games. Right. The, the the Bulls are 11th in the East, and they're in a weird spot where they didn't trade Levine. Yeah. DeRozan's still on the team. They didn't trade Vucevic. And they didn't 
they didn't do it. They added Pat Bev. It's actually what they did. You know, they they add Pat Bev, but another tough injury story yesterday. Lonzo Ball has announced he's going to miss the rest of the. He's going to miss this entire season with a nagging knee injury that just doesn't seem to be better. He's improved a lot as a player from a rookie, even his second year. Was shooting forty two percent from three last season. At one point, they were first in the East when Lonzo was healthy with Demar and with with Levine. Mm-hmm. This could be it, Shay, for him too, because he's had a lot of injuries. He had them in college. I hope he can come back, but I I don't have a whole lot of faith that he'll be a great player again. What do you think is over and under? I'll, I'll check while, while you're chatting. What do you think is over and under in the last two seasons for for games played? Actually, we'll go three seasons because three he seasons. All this one. Right, so he missed all of 82 last year. I'm going to say in the last three seasons, Lonzo Ball has played uh, 100 games. Okay. Probably more than that. I probably went a little. I thought he might have played 50. I I think you're probably right on the money. So this is back when he played with Merlin. So we're talking – we're talking back to the 2020-21 season, right? Right. Yep. Yep. It would be – he would have played exactly 90 games. So, Wow. Last – He's only played 35 games in total with the Chicago Bulls, which just seems – Wow. Uh, very disappointing. If you were if – you're, if you remember, I mean, that was a significant trade. I think it was an off-season trade. Yep. People were happy to see Ball kind of get into a new fit with a new team. That was when they – they just signed Vucevic. They just got Demar. They just got Levine. Or Levine was already there, sorry. But Demar and Vucevic were both new. Right. And it was kind of like, oh, this team's rejuvenated. Caruso, I think, was there. Yeah. Did he get traded in the Austin? Did he get traded this year? I think he got moved. I, he left the, the Lakers. Yeah. Okay. But he's still on the Bulls. Yeah, he's still there. I thought he'd get moved. He's a guy that would make so much sense to, to be traded somewhere because he's so valuable coming off the bench and was so good. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he's still there. I'm just going to double check. Yeah, I, I believe you're right, but I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm sure LeBron would have. Lo- I think LeBron loved him as a teammate, so I'm sure he would have loved to have him back. Yeah, I still so, think about that story about them. He got the. What was it? He he was posted for. Yeah, he's still with the Bulls. He was. They posted a pic of him, but it was like, I think he must have been like edited or something, and he was huge. Yeah, and yeah. The day yeah. after they they drug tested him to because. <laughs> Because <laughs> this photo kept going around that he was like massive, it must be with must be with uh, A Rod's guy. But they're yeah, <laughs> they're in no man's land too. Absolutely. The Bulls with the Hawks, like they're just they're there. That's that's the easiest way of saying it. they're there. and They're not going to get a good pick, but they also didn't do anything. Which tells me that they feel like management feels like they can maybe scrummage some things in this off season, and then I don't know, like. A, I guess they think that they are going to be a playoff team next year, or they're just going to completely blow it up in the off season. They didn't feel like whatever people were offering them at this time was good enough. You know what right. I mean? Are the Bulls going to be at least in the playing game? Well, the way the Pacers look right now, I would say that could be a possibility. Right. I was really think I was really thinking the Pacers might have a good second half and sneak in. I, I was kind of rooting for it just because they do have such a great young young Canadian talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I still think the Bulls can make it in just as a play in team, but that's that's about it. They would lose in the play in. I'd have to think. Are the Raptors a play in team? 
they're they're one talking about my pressure cookers they they are deep in the pressure cooker because i i don't know my side thinks that they are obviously good enough to be in a playing role and then right in the first round which i guess you get more ticket sales and you're hmm. promoting your team a little bit more but is it helping your team overall i mean what what do you think no because i think people show up to sports in toronto no matter what whether you're good or not, normally there's attendance. Yeah. Blue Jays, Blue Jays were bad for 20 years, and they still got decent attendance numbers. You know, from '93 on, they weren't, they didn't make the playoffs till 2015. That's 22 years. That, that's a long effing time to be bad, a bad franchise, which is what they were. And it wasn't like people weren't showing up to the dome. Raptors were the baby dinosaurs forever, and. They're getting goofed on by Jordan and Kobe and you know Jalen Rose and everything else, and they still were somewhat relevant. I do think that they can sneak in, but I don't know if they can get to avoid the play. I don't think they. I you know I heard Fred Van Fleet say we could get to six in the East. I don't know if they can rise that far. I don't. I don't see them getting I, to that point. No, I don't. I don't trust them. There's, there's just too much going against them. And I feel like the Eastern conference is just too big for them. I will say that Pirtle, although a, a head scratching move, maybe because it's like, Oh, I thought we were selling. Why are we buying right now? It's like, okay, well he's playing pretty good. And maybe if he's a piece for the future, I guess that makes sense because you need a center. Yeah. It's it, it, overall, it's, it's, it's very strange that they didn't sell off at least one major piece. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's a Gary Trent jr. Even if it's an OG, why not just give one of those guys, okay, you know, that, that tells me we're, we're selling it for the year. But no, it's like we, we got to keep going. We're going to keep pushing just to lose in the first round. Yeah. Better move slash fit. Westbrook to the Clippers or Kevin Love to the Heat? Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say Kevin Love to the Heat. Right. It might, it might seem like a strange one, but they're, they're not a good offensive team. They're, they're one of the worst offensive teams in the league. But Third worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. Yeah, there you go. And who? what is Kevin Love known for? Summer threes. Summer threes. <laughs> this guy will spray him all over. When they Cleveland shut him down, I thought he would have been traded or moved, but I, I mean, they right. must have had enough respect to say, hey, we're going to let you pick a team that you think is most confident. And I guess Miami was the only team, you know, maybe big enough yeah, to roll. Stop, let's stop there. Cleveland, I get it. You say you're going to retire his number. It's a bit much. Okay. Maybe you haven't had anybody other than LeBron that you're really that proud of that played for your team. I get it. Kevin Love, he's fine. He's a good guy. K Love, Summer Threes. I love it all. He's white, so we, you know he's he's got that he's got that in the NBA where he was actually a decent player. So you kind of remember that. But why would you buy him out so that you see him go to the Heat? They could be battling for fifth, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth seed in the East. I, I just I don't get. I would have put something in my clause that you can't sign in the Eastern Conference. Okay, go to Phoenix for all I care, mm -hmm. but I don't want you playing against me down the line in, in a potential first round playoff series. Yeah, it is kind of the real like toss away and it's one man's garbage is another man's gold. And that's, mm. and that's what Miami feels like they they've stumbled upon because like we said, they're a great defensive team, but they've got 
nothing going offensively. So, yeah, it's it's crazy to think about that Cleveland would just kind of give him away for nothing, like not even to trade him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like trade him for a second-round pick, trade him for a handful of G League guys, you know. But, no, no, we're just going to let him, let him walk for, I guess, respecting. Like, I guess that's all I can think about. It's like, hey, we, we love you this much. We respect you. We're not going to play you, because, but, you know. Right. We'll, we'll let you go somewhere else. It's a pretty confident move by Cleveland's management. Yes, and I think Miami had to do something because they didn't land they didn't land Durant and they didn't make a big trade at the deadline. Yeah, they Kyle Lowry's still there, which I don't think many Heat fans are excited about. So they they had to do something to present that they're going to be going to be relevant. And he, to their credit, if they get into the playoffs, they would they scare pretty much everybody in the East just the way they play. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking today. They have eight guys who average 10 points this season that have more than 20 games in the roster. That's That shows a lot of depth. I mean, I, I get it. Some of those guys may be just on the cuff of that, but still, like, that's that's good. And if, if it's crazy to think that Vic, Victor Oladipo has stayed healthy. Mm. What kind of impact does he have on this team? I mean, I feel like he could be a nightly uh, threat, at least in, even as a sixth, sixth man. Yeah. But, unfortunately, team is kind of uh, – same as Lonzo, same with a lot of these guys. They're just in, injuries kind of derail great careers. What about Westbrook to the Clippers? Is it going to work? Do you think? I think it's. I think if he checks the ego in, I think it's going to work. So strange that he just moved from LA to LA. <laughs> didn't have to move. I, I, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. He didn't have to move. He's just kind of. He's just there. Um, I think it could work. You know, thinking about getting rid of John Wall, letting him walk to Houston. Um, if he gets those type of minutes, that's maybe 15 to 20 minute roll. He's not shooting any shots because he unfortunately just has lost his shot, which feels like completely. Um, I, I think it could be okay. I, I think if he's running a second unit that consists of guys like Bones Nyland, Eric Gordon, um, I'm trying to think who they got for backup. Big, but yes. Plumley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good second unit and, Westbrook can still distribute the ball, right? So it's not that's never been a factor. I think it's just more um, keeping keeping him off from shooting. But yeah, I mean he's still a big name. He's a big he's you know he's having fun out there, which we know. But I mean he's got to be laughing now because I mean he got dished from L, the Lakers only to get put on the Clippers team that's actually going to make a playoff spot this year. Right. Yeah, and I think he'll be motivated to play well, but because it's just harnessing that and putting it in the right way because I, I Kawhi could will either love or hate Russ I think he's gonna hate him I, I, I can't see that relation like they're not going out for lunch together they're not going for coffee or a couple beers they are they're there to get the job done but I don't know maybe maybe it's a beautiful combination between those guys maybe it's the next big three Westbrook George and Kawhi Who knows? right yeah coming off the bench the big three does he come off the bench uh, I would say so. I think you can't. I think they've. I, I think they really like Terrence Mann as yeah. a as a starter now. I think they're very comfortable with that guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, it just makes too much sense to keep him on there, and then, you know, yeah, those other guys can scrum it up on the bench for Kawhi. Does maybe when Kawhi's on load management, they say, "Hey, Westbrook, I'll give you a game." Right. The thing about the Clippers is they go 10-11 deep. Like they're one of the deepest teams in the NBA when it comes to guys who can play minutes. So that they're they're going to be a tricky out 
What did you make of All-Star Weekend? A G-Leaguer winning the dunk contest. I couldn't name you one of the dunk contest participants. I didn't know any of them. And I Me feel neither. like sports I saw the cool. most embarrassing clip. Um, it was when, I forget, I like I said, I didn't know any of them either. And to, to be quite frank, I didn't follow it very, very heavily. I mean, gone is gunning hurt, really put a damper on things. He's obviously might be one of the more entertaining. I did like the team events, you know, how they have like a three team skill events for each. Right. Each, uh, for some of those, I think that was really cool. Um, but yeah, ultimately it was kind of a, it was kind of a bust. And the dunk, I want to say he did the Vince Carter dunk with the, uh, you know, the arm in there. Right. And when he did it, there was absolutely no reaction from the crowd. There, <laughs> there wasn't, no one put their hands up. No one like, you know, kind of fell back into the bench. Like there was none of that. It was kind of like, okay. And then he turned around and then he had the paper. And then I think he tried to open the paper, but he couldn't do it fast enough. Whoa. Overall, tough looking, buddy. I, I, if someone has it out there, like uh, maybe I'll send you after the pod, but right. yeah, not a great look. Overall, I mean, it's bad when the, I feel like a lot of the players and coaches didn't like it either. Like, I mean, you heard the frustration from a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The best thing that came out of it was Anthony Edwards saying that load management is a, a bunch of garbage and that he will never do it. God, I love that man. Oh, I love him even more now. <laughs> I, I love him. But he's, he's right. I mean, it's a crock. You know what? These players can't – that they're sitting out so much. It's it's the biggest problem with the NBA currently is that you just don't know who's going to play night in and night out. And Michael Malone called the All-Star game the worst game he's ever seen. <laughs> he was coaching, which, which is funny. Also, NBA, how about not Utah? Just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, it's it's kind of going back to our conversation last week about the, the NHL All Star Game going to Toronto. It's like, yeah, these guys probably don't want to go to Utah in February. They'd probably much rather go to like a Miami slash LA slash anywhere but Utah. They'd probably come to Toronto before they come to Utah. I think I saw a post yesterday that it was something about the twenty twenty five All Star Game. And it was three cities that you wouldn't exactly be clamoring for. Right. And Patrick Kane commented, yeah, can't, LOL, can't wait to see how many players boycott that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's not He's not afraid to, <laughs> to voice his opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you've won three cups and you've got MVPs, I think you're allowed to voice frustration. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a great event. I can I can understand why anyone wouldn't want to watch it. I tease you because I know you hate it, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not really spending a whole lot of my, you know, um, hours digging into it. MVP front runner as the NBA kicks off tomorrow night for the last quarter of the year. Who's the leading guy currently? Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still in my still in my mind, it's. It's a race, but obviously somebody's got to do something very spectacular. You're seeing guys drop off, like, like you see at the beginning of the year. There was a stretch where I thought Kevin Durant might have given him a, a little shot for his money. Thought Steph Curry would. Those guys have both seen injuries and are kind of out of the lineup. Um, trying to think. At one point, I thought John Morant maybe would try and, and right. juggle them just with some of his numbers that he was putting up. But um, with Memphis kind of playing. I'd say mid-level through most of 2023. I don't know if that's going to factor into it. 
Yeah, so Nate, he's my guy. Is there anyone else that you could see challenge him? Or maybe you have somebody completely different. Oh, I got him with you. I got Joker number one. I think Tatum still has a shot. I think Tatum's motivated. Yeah, if fourth, third, fourth guy in the if they if they win the East and he plays really well down the stretch here, that that could be something that propels him. What's going to help that is that he's there's a lot of injuries right now to Boston, yeah. so he's actually going to have to play well if he wants to keep up that you know that one seed, which is going to be very difficult with Milwaukee breathing down the next. And also, Giannis is hurt. Sounds like he's going to miss some time to start. Uh, he's got a fractured or something wrong That's with right. his wrist, so he's going to miss some yeah. time. So he's likely out of it. Like say KD Jaw out of it. Likely be Tatum, Joker, Luca maybe. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Dallas catches fire. Yeah, you know how I feel about Dallas. Last week they didn't even make yeah. my top five, but no. that doesn't mean it. You see it Jared in the NHL. Fox. <laughs> yeah, maybe Buddy Heels. Maybe gets a little, gets a little love. Turner. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's 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 going to be interesting, but uh, there's I mean, a lot of people. And I hear people being pissed off that Joker might win three in a row, but I'm like, well, he plays at least. Yeah, yeah. he's not one. He never sits out. He plays every game regardless, and yeah. he doesn't. He's a walking triple double. I know Russell Westbrook was a walking triple double a couple of years ago, but that was kind of feel like it was forced, forced down their throats. This right. he's just naturally just doing it, and he's surrounded yeah. by great players, and he's playing well. That's not his fault. He's gonna win it three times. We'll quickly go to this baseball. Mm. You got spring training games starting tomorrow, which I'll be watching none of them. But <laughs> I, I'm glad baseball is on the horizon of being back. What's the biggest storyline heading into this new campaign for you? The biggest. Oh, there's there's a lot. Selfishly, I'd like to say that the LA Dodgers and the la their lack of in the off season might be uh, the lack of transactions. Yeah, basically, and the amount of people we lost. I, with that, I would love to say that Showy is going to be on the market. Yeah, I'd probably go with that. I'd say Showy, mm -hmm. his, you know, his agent came out recently, basically said, "Yeah, we're not, you know, we're not going to talk about trades or anything, but we're definitely going to be looking to 2024 and seeing what our options are." To me, why are you, you know, all he has to do is look, turn around on the mound and look back at Mike Trout and say, "God, is this where I want my career to be?" Right, a great player that's just wasted for so many years. Um, so yeah, for, for that reason, I think Shoei, and if the team knows it, I think he'll be moved. I agree with you. I think the curious thing is how bad are they come the come the All Star break, and are they going to deal him at the all you know at the trade deadline to another team? Mm -hmm. You mentioned your Dodgers; they didn't spend a whole lot of money. Wonder if there's a reason for that. Wonder if there's a reason why. They might have four to five hundred million laying around because I think he's going to get five hundred million dollars his next okay. deal, yeah, which is crazy. But at the same time, he's unreal. Saw him in person; he's a cyborg. But yeah, he's he's the big he's the biggest draw in the sport. He bats. He and he doesn't even speak English that well, but he's by far the biggest name, which is another mm -hmm. impressive thing for him because. You know, the other story that I wrote this in, because it's a joke, big story, it's no story. Aaron Judge is the new captain of the New York Yankees. That is equals this, who gives a fuck. Who wrote this in? 
Oh, I I read a piece in the Athletic, the biggest MLB stories, oh, and I, that was one of them. That he's the that is the next captain. Who cares? Yeah, everyone likes to crown somebody for not doing much. I, I think at twenty seven, I'm pretty sure Jeter probably had. I'm gonna say three World Series behind right. behind his plus. I don't know, however many Golden Gloves. Mm -hmm. Like I I get it. Judge is a great player. What he did last year was spectacular, and even I'm still blown away by it. Even mm -hmm. when I think about it now. But come on, like there's only one true captain, and that's a guy who leads his team to victory. Right. You can't even beat Houston. You couldn't get a game. They got right. swept. Oh, it's it's frustrating. Frustrating to think about for sure. But yeah, the Yankees, big deal. We got a new captain. Okay. No story. I also think this is a big one. The Padres, and in particular, Tatis Jr. and how he comes back after being caught doing the uh, A-Rod juice. Yeah. How does he play? Does he play second base? Does he play in the outfield? And just what what's what's his perception like around baseball? Because he was such a star. And I'm wondering what his reception will be like when he goes on the road this season. Yeah, yeah, because the, the biggest difference I can think of with the Barry Bonds and all those guys, mm -hmm. the Clemens, there's no social media back then. Yeah, nope. you might have saw it in the news, but it's all over, you know, and now players are going to voice their frustration over it, you know, probably say why you didn't get more games or, you know, what, you know what's, what's it like being a cheater. But, yeah, if he can just keep his head down – play this game and, and when I say keep his head down I don't mean like not be himself because I mean I think when he was in his prime he was a, he was a spectacular player and he showed a lot of passion for the game yep. but obviously he's got he's got some antics off the field he's just got to keep away from the driving without a helmet the <laughs> sticking stuff in your ass I mean it's gotten out of control with him yeah he's clearly not mature and that, that's that's a problem as well with him. But Machado is already saying, I'm going to opt out. I want more money. They re-signed you, Darvish. They they brought in Xander Bogarts. They, they're spending more money than they got. Oh, they're desperate to win in San Diego. So yeah, but a lot of teams spending a lot of money. Padres, Phillies, both teams who got to the NLCS last year spent a lot of money in free agency. Teams like your Dodgers did not. Did not. They kind of zigged while everybody else zagged, so to speak. Yeah. San Fran, they spent some cash too. They want to see. Yeah. They got some results coming their way, and obviously Texas. Texas signed Degrom and Evaldi, right? So, like, did you see Degrom's already got injured when he threw his bullpen session? No, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's 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 not shocking anymore to see Degrom oh. just in oh. in out in out. Oh, I'm gonna play a game here. I'm gonna be off for seven months. Like. I don't it's know. Unfortunate because the dude's so talented. He could have been the best pitcher probably ever. I yep. would say if he yep. was healthy from the time he started till four, we'll say forty years old, he could have been one of the best. I also think another small story is just the number of teams that are going to flat out stink. The yeah. Pirates stink. Colorado. Colorado stink. Cincinnati stinks. Arizona. The Pirates won't stink that much, but they also stink. There's a chance the Orioles, who had a great year, could stink, and it's just like a one-off, and they're brutal again this season. I would, I won't rule that out. That American League Central, that whole division just stinks of something. I don't know what, but they <laughs> Tigers will likely stink again. It's just 
there's teams that spend a lot of money and there's teams that don't. And it's you got to be incredibly good at drafting, developing Tampa Bay Rays to remain competitive if you're not spending any money. Yeah. Is it a is it a playoff thing? I mean, and I'm not I'm not asking because I know I'm asking for general general curiosity. Is it like because there's only ten teams that make the playoffs, eight teams that make the playoffs? Is that uh, like why so many teams are like, well, we're not gonna make the playoffs anytime soon, so we'll just stink it up for three yeah, four years, I think five years. That because if you're if you're owning the business and you're saying, okay, I could spend hundred and I could spend two hundred million and I miss the playoffs where I could spend 40 or less Oakland athletics and make the playoffs. I mean, that may, does make more sense because you're losing, you're spending 200 million. You're, you're losing money because mm-hmm. look at Oakland. Nobody shows up to that ballpark. They get five people a game. There's, I don't, and I, I enjoy the fact that there's a soft cap or maybe no cap, whatever you want to say with the luxury yeah. tax that goes on. There should be a minimum that you have to spend. Agreed. Come on, these are, these are billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires who own these teams and they have the funds. They just refuse to spend them. That's just, yeah. like you said, embarrassing to, for the sport overall. Yeah, no, I agree. They, they should have to because it, it creates a product that's watered down. And quite frankly, not that you get jacked up for good series, but half, half the games from each team every year, you it's, it's not a, it, Pittsburgh Chicago Cubs for the last four years has been a disaster of a series. Nobody wants to watch it. Mm-hmm. Since you mentioned the Colorado Rockies, their biggest free agent signing was Chris Bryant. Who could have seen that being a flat out disaster? This guy. But they were lauded for spending eighty million on him. They still stink. Uh baseball. But it's back. America's second favorite pastime. Spring training, March thirtieth, I believe, is opening day. So we'll be jacked up for that. You got a big weekend coming up. Mm-hmm. A lot of different things. Anniversary for you and 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 your and your other half. Thank You're you. You to Toronto. When's uh, when's wheels up? When's the bird heading to uh, heading to Toronto? We we're staying with a couple good friends tomorrow night. Um, and you know we're not going to do the bird and the basket them sort of drive us to the airport at you know whatever three thirty four in the morning. So we'll we'll take the wheels there and then fly out at six o'clock and then and this is all hypothetical. Hopefully that it works out fine because you never know with flying these days and right and all the things that go along with it. Um, and then yeah, it's kind of a chill. Like we get there Friday, we check in, we do a couple things, check out the city a little bit, a hockey hall of fame on Friday. Uh, uh, Friday, which I'm excited about. Nice. And then, yeah, game seven Eastern. Watch that. I'm going to meet some friends out for a couple of drinks afterwards. And then just a full day set up for Saturday, which I'm really looking forward to. And then Sunday, it's kind of, okay, recuperate and get the hell out of there. And then hopefully mid-afternoon, you know, you're back and kind of in your own house. So a quick trip, but a lot jam-packed into it. I'm looking forward to it. Going to the Ripley's Aquarium? Going to Ripley's Aquarium. That's I heard that's a must. Is that is that on your list? Is that something yes, you've done? I, I love the fish, man. I love the you know I love the animals, but no, it's cool. You I think you'll enjoy it. It's real close to the Hockey Hall of Fame, so okay. you know you can hit two two in the same time. But I enjoyed uh, I enjoy going to Ripley's Aquarium. Anything on your list that you'd say? Oh, I would, if I can if I could tell one touristy <laughs> thing slash sneaky thing. You know whether it's a site, whether it's somewhere to go check out. Yeah, let me think of that. 
Hmm. Fortunately, all my trips to Toronto are usually business, so I don't. Right, right. No, I'm going for pleasure very often. I would actually. This is my piece of advice: don't go to the CN Tower. It's overrated. I think we have dinner there one night, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and it's already like booked, paid for. So I don't think I can get. Well, out I've never of it. been to the restaurant. I'm just saying, like up top and everything. Yeah, it's, that part. Okay, it's not that okay. cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 I guess it's there, but you know, yeah. Draws in a crowd though. You know, you know that first trip to Toronto for that couple slash friend group. Yeah. They're hitting the tower and they're spending some cash. And you got wild Maple Leafs, a little Friday night action. Yes. Yeah. Who would have thought that I'd be more excited to see Krill Kaprizov than I think any other player on, on the team. Obviously everyone else is great, but Right to see Kaprizov play, my God, that's that's exciting. Should be a fun game. Two two exciting up tempo teams. Just playoff teams. I mean, yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, a big thank you to you. You you were the one who suggested. You know, you had the picks. You could have you could have you could have doused me with like a, a Toronto versus like Arizona. Toronto versus they probably would have lost anyways. It's Toronto versus Chicago, but. <laughs> You know, you picked a good one. So I obviously a very big appreciation coming from you. And uh, thank you for helping her out with that. It was a major surprise. One of the, uh, probably the best Christmas gift I'll ever have in my life. So mm-hmm. thank you. for that. That's awesome. Happy for you guys. Before I let you go, Jimmy Kimmel is hosting the Oscars. Yay or nay? Nay, I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be funny and he does, but he's just so awkward. Like, he, yeah. you know, it's, it's when you go and grab like a Al Pacino, De Niro, and then make them do super stupid stuff on, you know, play this stupid game. It's like, okay, really? Right. And it happens too often. So I'm not, not a Kimmel guy. I'm not a big Jimmy late Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, maybe I'm thinking Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel's ABC. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Oh, I'm, okay, my bad. Oh, my Fallon bad. Like a, he does like the singing stuff and the uh, impression wheel and all that. Yeah, he's the, okay. he's the good one. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, I, big big apologies to Jimmy Kimmel. I got you mixed up. Scandal. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's that makes it a little bit better. I, I thought you were talking about Fallon, and I I don't I don't have anything for him. Yeah. No, he he would be a bad host. He yeah, would be. Yeah. I, I don't know would. what I don't know what you track, but I'm I'm through seven of the ten best pictures. Are you Are you gonna stomach the Top Gun movie? Not gonna be able to watch it. Not getting through that. Uh, I've gotten through it. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I've watched, (laughs) I meant meant that sincerely. I watched Tar. I've watched, yeah, I I think I've watched them all minus Top Gun. So you watched the the Woody Harrelson one then too? I did. Yep. Did you stomach it or was it? I thought it was fine. It was. Yeah, me too. It was, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh. High pace and it, there was some uh, levity to it. So I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid film. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Right now for me, it's every, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, and the Fablemans. God, yeah. I love that movie. That was a great movie. Fablemans was good, eh? Yeah, it was. I didn't think I like it. I don't like coming to age movies, but I really enjoyed it. So ho- hopefully, it does well. Spielberg, just give him the. Yeah. <laughs> what a mensch, old Steven Spielberg. But yeah. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks for the time today, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Give you the recap next week. See you, pal.
There's Seamus Fillmore. Great to chat with him as we do every Tuesday, now Wednesday, here on the show. And yeah, he's got his anniversary this week, heading to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to see his Maple Leafs play. Happy, happy for him. And uh, happy for him and Kennedy to uh, a great couple, a couple of great people. So happy for them to be able to take that in and see messaged me before Christmas and asked me a game I thought Seamus would enjoy. I recommended Minnesota and Toronto because Minnesota's a fun team. Kaprizov is a player I'd really like to see live myself. You got a physical group down there against the Maple Leafs. Should be a fun game Friday night in Toronto. What could beat it? I mentioned the trader Dyson Mayo is now in Vegas. No news yet on any other trades involving the Vegas Golden Knights. I think something's coming, folks. I think by tomorrow afternoon. By the time the show starts tomorrow, I think we're going to have a big trade to break down here on the show. I really hope so, and I think it might just involve Patrick. It's gonna. Vegas is doing something. They're clearing out room. They're trading away contracts to bring people in. They can trade Shea Weber and move him off their LTIR because they can now put Mark Stone in that place. So that's why it was necessary to get rid of him. Arizona will take on that money. Technically counts as salary, so gets them to the cap floor and things of that nature if they do pull off. I think Vegas is going to do something tonight. They're in action, I believe. No, they're not. They play tomorrow night against the Calgary Flames. Three games in the NHL tonight. We got Winnipeg in Long Island to play the Islanders. We got so Vegas clear the blank. Vegas clearing up space for the next few years. Weber's contract has a seven point eight seven five million cap hit. To 25-26, although his actual salary is $1 million per year starting next season, so a low cash transaction for Arizona. But Vegas can now look at acquiring not just now, but beyond this season. So helps them right now and into the future. But I, I think, yeah, they could definitely do something in the offseason, but I think they want to do more. I think they want to do something now. What that is, I think Patrick Kane makes a hell of a lot of sense. But I'm going to predict by tomorrow afternoon show, which is Thursday, February 23rd, to quote Gary Bettman, you're going to want to hear this. I think we'll have a trade to break down, a trade to get into. The NBA returns tomorrow. We have the Honda Classic down in Florida beginning tomorrow. Three NHL games tonight. Maybe a big trade. Wait to see. Tomorrow it will be only eight days to the trade deadline. So things are going to start to move and shake here. Luke Shen's getting held out of games. Gavrikov still being held out. Chikrin's still being held out. So interesting. Flame, flames are at the Coyotes. 10.30 start. That's a Interesting game to watch. Coyotes have been on a tear. Flames need this win desperately. So they're in no man's land also. They just need to make the playoffs. Huberto, Daryl Sutter, collision course. Who knows where that goes moving forward. 
But we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with even more news to talk to you all about. But until then, have a great rest of your evening. We'll talk to you soon. Just to the point.